Friday's podcast checking in. I'm your host OJ with my co-hosts Archie. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Chia. And today we have another special, special guest. You guys ever have trouble with your money before? Like before you started working and stuff? Like did you ever struggle with your finances? Uh, yeah, my aunt gave me a really bad advice, which is to spend my money as soon as I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. <laughs> oh gosh how about traveling how about traveling are you yeah have you ever like spent nights planning your like philippines trip on like trying to get the best deal ever yeah this last trip that i went uh 2020 before um before the pandemic hit man i got major heat because i didn't fly philippine airlines like everybody because i chose to be financially responsible <laughs> and do a stopover and um yeah i'm paying for my own ticket so i'm going to find my own options in saving costs and and you know what there's nothing wrong with that so judge me all you want titas <laughs> you know actually the, the the for sure the connecting flights are cheaper but high key philippine airlines aircraft is crap bro <laughs> like yeah well, i'm not just i'm not just one off that one <laughs> Oh. No, one time, poor James, um, my husband, he is 5'11", and he came to the Philippines by himself. There was no entertainment, and there was no legroom. And so he not only was he cramped for 13 hours, there was none of that TV slash entertainment movie, nothing. And so he was, like, suffering for 13 hours. Poor guy. I didn't realize he came to the Philippines like that on the way back when I was on the flight with him. I'm five feet dead even. And I was pissed. I was pissed that there was no TV. I was pissed that there's no legroom. This is coming from me. So imagine this like bigger guy who was stuck in a 26 hour flight like that. So <laughs> that was brutal, my friends. And um, sorry, let me take that back. Filipino Airlines, you're not crappy. Just that one flight wasn't good. You guys are amazing. You guys are amazing. You guys are amazing. Sponsor us. <laughs> Just in case you want to partner one day. <laughs> Oh, but anyways, we obviously have an exciting guest who is going to tell us how to hack travel right now. What is that? And if you've ever heard of it or maybe you've always been curious about what that's about. Well, our special guest, Julia, is going to talk about that. But yeah, share a little bit about your travel experiences, OJ. I know, you know, you traveled quite extensively pre-pandemic. Do you have any other um, tips or any really great travel experiences that you're able to share with the listeners yo this this ain't sponsored but i use this one specific i I, i've like run through like a bunch of websites but i love kayak Mm -hmm. i know they're subsidized by expedia but kayak just i don't know why they just get the best the best deals ever Mm -hmm. as far as traveling yeah i would say i have like a good solid uh travel experience Mm -hmm. um 
I love I love experiencing something new. Also, I also like feeling uncomfortable, if that makes sense. I love feeling mm, I, the challenge. Yeah, I yeah. love feeling uncomfortable. It pisses me off <laughs> at, at the moment, <laughs> but I know in the long run it's something that I need to go through, and it, it would benefit me. Um, I highly suggest people to go travel. It's something that not many not many people have the privilege to do, and if you have the means to do it, especially if you you know for our Filipino listeners out there go to the Philippines I know I've said this before do it without your family travel without your family it's a whole nother experience um do it on your own yeah for sure or in another case uh if you follow Julia she's going to teach you how to travel for free yes people this is possible and that's why it's called travel hacking and she's also going to debunk some myths uh regarding booking your flights on incognito on a Tuesday at like 3 (laughs) a.m. So she's gonna she's gonna you know talk a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah, man, she was really informative. She like she knows her stuff, and she I'd say in like a couple of years she will be like a pioneer for the Filipino people as far as like travel hacking and personal finance. She's really knowledgeable. Um, if she's listening, I, we create this company. I would hire her mm-hmm. as like something. She's she's just awesome to talk to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about you, Chia? I've seen Julia go on some uh, features on Kumu. Why did you talk about how she actually um, featured us too on her TikTok? Yeah. Oh yeah, that too. She um she made a TikTok of just all the other Filipinx content creators. Content, yeah, content creators uh, that she enjoys. And thank you for including us, Julia. If you're listening, um, appreciate that. Very flattered. But uh, yeah, no, Julia's great to listen to. Actually, very financially literate that a lot of Filipinos aren't. <laughs> so uh, I highly suggest taking out a notebook, listening to this podcast specifically you're definitely going to learn a lot of things after like like hacks in general for me man i don't even know if it's like a hack like honey if (laughs) honey it it saves you some money if you want to use uh skip the dishes or something but uh as for that for my knowledge that i don't i don't know much but because of julia Again, take notes because you're going to learn something. You're going to walk away from this episode feeling a little more financially literate and uh, taken care of. Yeah. And she also talks about the Filipino frugal flex. So, you know, we're not going to talk about that. We're we're going to let our guests break that down. But word of advice, friends, you know, how many of us have grown up in households where our parents have carried debt because they did not understand the game. Right. And then now it's our turn to be able to help our parents or help our relatives understand how this credit money game works, right? How this credit game works, how money works, how um, the system has been built um, where it doesn't really, you know, benefit us. And so that's why there is something like becoming financially literate, becoming um, familiar with with hacking the game. So we're going to let the the guest talk about that. So any other thoughts, OJ, before we introduce our guest? No, nah, man, you, you guys are just going to love this episode. So tune in, listen carefully. It's going to change your life. And with that said, please welcome our guest, Julia Menez. 
Hi, Julia. Welcome to our show. So excited to have you on. Please tell our listeners who you are, what you do, and um, take the floor. Hello. I am so excited to be here. My name is Julia Menez, and I am a travel hacking coach and also a fellow Filipino podcaster. I am the host of the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast, where I interview people from all different walks of life about how they are able to use points and miles to travel the world for free. And it's really the only show like it that exists because I don't know how many of you have even heard of travel hacking, but for those of you who have, if you ever Google it, you always come across the same 12 guys over and over again. And there's never really anybody who looks like us, even though there are Filipino people and people from all different cultures and all different backgrounds who are able to take advantage of this incredible hobby. And if you've never heard of travel hacking, that is what we are going to be covering today. Could you tell us a little bit more in depth? What is travel hacking for those who don't know? Because I, I want to get into that because I know a little bit about it. But for our listeners, uh, can you tell us a little bit about what travel hacking is? Sure. So Travel hacking is the art of getting free travel by leveraging different loyalty programs. You can leverage the loyalty program set by airlines, different hotel companies. Mostly, I like to use credit card companies and earn a whole bunch of points and miles on credit cards um, without increasing my budget. The key is really to allocate stuff strategically rather than just spending more money so that you can get more points so that you can get free travel. I know how like the traveling today, like some people do like upgrade an economy ticket or like a coach ticket through points and stuff like that. But how many points do you actually need to, to rack up in order to, I don't know, to get into the lounge or maybe get into business class or whatever? Yeah, that's a really good question is how much does it actually take and what do you have to do in order to get these? And so for lounge access, for anybody who doesn't know, there are these secret places in the airport where you you just get free food and free champagne and you don't have to pay for a questionable $18 sandwich on a styrofoam plate. And for those, you don't even have to collect points to get into a lounge. It just comes standard with a lot of the different credit cards. So for example, there is the Hilton Surpass card and it comes with about a 10 punch pass that you can get into certain lounges. There's the Chase Sapphire Reserve that gets you into selected lounges. And if you want to get into the most lounges just by having a credit card, I would recommend the American Express Platinum because that gets you into almost all of the lounges. There are certain ones that you can't get into even with that card unless you're flying business class or first class, but you can get into priority pass lounges, escape lounges, Centurion lounges, and Centurion lounges are in selected U.S. cities like Las Vegas has one, Phoenix has one, Denver just opened one, and they are some of the best lounges in the world. I was going to say, you don't even need any points and miles. You just get the credit card, pay your annual fee, and then you have an unlimited membership to that one. And as far as how many points it takes to get into business class, it really is an art to find the sales because you can easily wipe out hundreds of thousands of points just for one business class redemption. But if you know how the award charts work and you know how to find the different sweet spots, then you can get some really good deals. My husband and I were able to get two business class round trip tickets from New Jersey to Spain. 
think it was about 34,000 points each. So 68,000 points total, which you can get by opening one credit card. There's also another trick where you can spend approximately 125,000 points. So two credit card signup bonuses and fly around the entire world up to eight different legs, stay in eight different places for in business class, 125,000 points, eight business class flights. That's like, that's the dream right there. I would love to fly business. I've flown business class a few times, but the points thing, that just like, it goes, it, that's beyond me, like for real. Um, now, the points and loyalties, uh, point, uh, that system, it's not only limited to air, like air travel, right? Does, do you know a little bit about like hotels or like all inclusives or I don't know, is it, is it only limited to that? I really like using it for hotels more than airfare. And that's because I'm really small. So I'm, I'm fine with just whatever seat for three hours. But if I'm going to sleep in a hotel, I like for it to be one of those nice hotels. And so you can use these points and miles to get all sorts of free hotel stays. Our first travel hack redemption ever actually was a little bit of an accident. We were going to Morocco and our tour guide had to cancel everything on us about 20 hours before we were going to get on this flight. So I had just gotten my sign-up bonus with one of my American Express cards, called them and said, hey, I have these points and we're about to go to Morocco and I don't know how to use them to get a free hotel night. What do I do? And they said, you have enough points to get a few free nights at the Sheraton Casablanca. And I I was so skeptical of whether this was actually going to work because it was the first time redeeming points. But we got there and they said, yep, you have a few free nights and we've upgraded you because of your status that you automatically get with this card. You get free breakfast, you get free lounge access. So you can definitely use it for hotels just as much as for airlines. That's fantastic. Now, you know, we're we're obviously getting so excited learning all about these different kind of tips and tricks, but we're going to take it back a little bit behind the mic, um, you know, with the podcaster, which is Julia here. Um, Can you tell us how you got into travel hacking and maybe even share some of your favorite memories or wins um, using travel hacking to your benefit? Sure. So I got into this by reading a whole bunch of personal finance blogs. If anybody has ever heard of the acronym FIRE. It stands for Financial Independence, Retire Early. And I just went so deep reading all of these different blogs about tax hacks and investments. And there are some that were talking about credit cards and how these people were traveling the world for free. And I thought the same thing that pretty much everybody thinks when they first hear about this, which is, this sounds like a scam. Because it has the word hacking and you're opening a whole bunch of credit cards. And I'm like, there's, there's no way, there's no way this actually works. So we started really slow, just opened a couple of cards. That whole Morocco thing happened. And then from there, I was hooked. And since then, it's been about four years and we've gotten to take some pretty cool trips. One of my favorites is actually just a really easy hack. There is a Hilton card, the Hilton Aspire card, and you get a free hotel night with any Hilton hotel. It's not even limited to just the lower tier ones. So we used it on the most expensive hotel possible, which is the Grand Wailea 
in Maui. It is a Waldorf Astoria hotel. Rates start at $500 a night. And so we said, oh, well, this is the perfect place to use a free night certificate. So we we go there and I also wrote to the hotel and said, hey, if you have any upgrades possible to the $650 a night hotel, please and thank you. What they actually ended up doing They upgraded us to the $900 per night suite, which had an amazing view of the ocean. And they wheeled in a cart of snacks and champagne and everything. We had free breakfast, free dinner. So probably saved about $1,000 a night just on this one hotel. And actually, I have a gift for all of your listeners. I have that same email template that I used available for them to download at geobreezetravel.com slash Filipino Fridays. And I'll send you guys a link so you can put it in the show notes. That's (laughs) That's fantastic. Well, thank you for that, you know, bonus for our listeners. And so excited to see, you know, take advantage of what Julia has offered us. And you too are able to, you know, have a really great experience with, yeah, with traveling. If you learn a little bit more about what Julia has done is really trying to make a voice or be a voice for those underserved communities, um, teaching, educating, travel hacking, because, you know, when we think about these kinds of like perks, and when you, when you think about these kinds of benefits, for some of us who are considered minorities, we would have never even thought that we could even have this type of advantage. We would never even have it crossed through our minds. So, you know, why is it important for you to educate and, you know, serve particularly immigrants in underrepresented communities in teaching them this type of meaningful work? Absolutely. So, as I mentioned, for anybody who's ever tried to Google this before, there's just nobody who looks like us, even in this space. And when I was first trying to get into travel hacking and trying to learn everything, I was just going through different Facebook groups and different blogs. And I wasn't really that comfortable with asking a lot of questions. So it would just take more time to Google things rather than just being able to ask somebody straight out, hey, how do I hack this trip? Because you just, you feel a lot more comfortable if there's somebody where you can feel like you have had some shared experiences before. And all of the stories just started to sound the same of, oh, I was able to get this first class flight to Rome for free. And then, oh, I stayed at the Paris Vendome or the Omaha in Dubai, which are all amazing redemptions. But at some point, somebody just wants to go visit their family again in the Philippines and they can't afford the $1,000 in order to get that trip. And nobody ever talks about that kind of experience. Nobody talks about how to even get these types of credit cards if you don't really have much of a credit score at all because you're just a new immigrant to the United States. Nobody talks about that. It's always just the same stories over and over again on these blogs. So I started getting bored and I also was just feeling really lonely because I couldn't find anybody to talk to about this hobby a lot of people who are already in the travel hacking space, they don't they don't talk about the same things as the Filipino community. And most people in the Filipino community aren't really aware that these types of opportunities exist. So I really just wanted to take those two circles and make it a little bit more of a Venn diagram instead of just two completely distinct groups of people. You guys, you guys heard that? She called it. She called it. It is possible to not bleed out <laughs> to go back to the motherland and visit. <laughs> 
So you're saying we could go to the Philippines for under a grand? Oh, you could probably go for free <laughs> if you travel hack it. No way. Oh, absolutely. For free? Oh my God. So you got to stay tuned and definitely um, watch out for everything that Julia has to share um, in order to take advantage of that. Um, have you, I wanted to ask like on a more personal, have you been to the, back to the Philippines? I have, I've been, we'll call it four times. So the first time I went, I was six years old. I was super fluent. I was, I was great at Tagalog. And then the next time I went, I was 14. I'm like, uh, oh, I'm like, okay. And it just keeps dwindling down. I went when I was 22, I was studying abroad in China and then my my family went to the Philippines and I just met up with them there. And then the latest time was just actually a quick layover. We were travel hacking a trip to Malaysia and Singapore, took a quick stopover in the Philippines, had dinner with my cousin, sat in traffic for a couple hours, and then we went on our way from there. So we've been able to do quite a few trips and it's always, always a fun time to get to eat the authentic food and get some cheap massages while I'm there. Oh, that's totally my favorite. Oh my gosh. I totally pamper when I go to the Philippines, like the full shebang, like head to toe, because of course, like the conversions in our favor, right? <laughs> and uh, and it's super cheap. So um, I wanted to um, loop back to the kind of work that you do, which is really just educating and helping everybody um, get organized and, and get familiar with how to use travel hacking to their advantage, specifically for, you know, our community. How has this type of work impacted you and your cultural identity as a Filipino American? I mean, you know, you obviously saw there was nobody else there like you. So you decided to to build it, to create the space and then hopefully connect with others and also educate others in our community. So how has this type of work impacted you and in your cultural identity? I've definitely leaned a lot more into the Filipino-ness ever since starting this podcast and then trying to find other Filipinos and Filipinas who are into this hobby as well. And I found a few and we'll talk about them in just a little bit, but a lot of them are more into travel hacking than talking about travel hacking. There's, there's two distinct groups. Well, it's not very distinct. There's two groups of people and it's, it's kind of a continuum. There are people who are just straight into the points and they just do this in their basement and they don't talk to anybody about it because their friends and family are going to think they're weird. And they just, they actually want it to be a secret that they do this as a hobby. And on the complete other end are people who focus so much on the media attention and the growing the audience to talk about points miles where really they don't, they don't do much of this at all. And so there's, there's a wide spectrum. And what I found was a lot of the people from our Filipino community who were in this hobby, if at all, we're very much on the first side of it. They don't talk about this online. And so it's been really interesting to try to get people to, to talk about it, interview on a podcast. A lot of us have never been on podcasts before. So they're like, oh, what if I say something that sounds a little bit silly? And we tell them, we'll edit it. It's okay. But by featuring a lot of people from the Filipino community, other Asian communities, other immigrant communities, it's really helped to shape 
the voice of my Instagram as well, where sometimes I'll share different Filipino foods that I'm making or the Filipino grocery store that I go to because I live in Jersey City. It's a very, very high community of Filipino groceries. A lot of Filipino people live here. And it's also kind of given me a little bit more of a voice to talk out about things like the anti-Asian sentiments that have been going on this past year and trying to get that in front of a group of people who would have no idea if if this podcast didn't exist. A lot of people who are in the points and miles space, I don't think are at all aware of the magnitude of what's been going on with the Asian community in this last year. So just being able to connect the dots for them in that way has been something that's been really near and dear to me as well. I have to jump in here a little bit um, just because I personally follow (laughs) GeoFreeze Travel. And what I have to commend you for is um, really using your platform, you know, as power to share these types of cultural and social issues that need to be discussed, uh, even on a platform that is travel hacking, because otherwise the normal audience would not pay attention or may may not have been as familiar or may not have thought about it deeply or have ever critically thought of, you know, some of the issues that are out there. And so I, I have to commend you. And also, you know, I have to put it out there. Yes, you are our subject matter expert on travel hacking, but... Uh, you're more than that. You are a human being. You are a Filipina. You, you, you're somebody from Jersey. You so many layers to you. And so for you to even take advantage of using your platform and uh, being empowered to be able to share these types of social issues today, I have to commend you for that. So thank you so much for that type of work. And thank you so much for being that voice and really representing your community, not only Filipino, but Asians um, in this space. So, you know, but, you know, I do want, I, I do want Julia to flex here a little bit because, you know, she has been featured in some, some conferences. Can you share a little bit more uh, um, about uh, some speaking engagements or things that you have previously been involved with? Just because, you know, it's so amazing to actually hear of C, a, an Asian face, a Filipina face being featured in these events. Yeah. Yeah. So one that I was very, very excited about, because it was also one of the earlier ones was FinCon Expo, which is one of the largest conferences for people who are in money media, people who are trying to grow YouTubes, blogs, podcasts to talk about personal finance. And so I got to be a breakout speaker there, which was very exciting. I've gotten to speak at PodFest where I... I'm not sure if they've officially called it yet, where we might have broken a Guinness Book of World Record for the largest podcasting event. I got to speak with the Asian American Microcon there. I got to speak at the She Factor Launch Your Life Summit, which was a graduation party for a whole bunch of college students who were about to enter the world because in 2020, in May, none of them got to have real graduation parties. So She Factor had this event where they brought in all all different speakers to talk about cool life skills. I talked about travel hacking and some of their keynote speakers and different featured people in that event were high-end celebrities. Colby Calais was playing at this event and Caitlin Bristow from The Bachelor was at this event and Missy Franklin 
Hamilton and Bethany Hamilton, the girl, the surfer girl whose arm got bitten by a shark. She was one of the keynote speakers at this event. So I've gotten to speak at so many different cool places and am forever grateful to, to the organizers of these events for letting me speak and helping to show more diversity who talk about points and miles because we're dealing with two very small circles here. Not a lot of people talk about points and miles in the first place. And also not a lot of Filipino people get, get featured in events that aren't specifically featuring Filipino faces. So I'm always so grateful for that. Are there other, like, uh, now that you've entered this, the space, are there other Filipinos or maybe Asian, uh, travel hackers that have like, that are blowing up because of, uh, what you're doing? Um, not because of what I'm doing, but there are some on YouTube. I think YouTube is doing a lot better for um, Asian voices compared to blogs or other mediums. So Credit Brian is a really big YouTube person who talks about personal finance and credit cards. Ask Sebi is a big YouTube voice. Up in Canada, there is Ricky Zhang, Prince of Travel. He's on my podcast too. And then as far as people who I've interviewed, I actually looked right before you guys, um, inter- right before we started recording and half of my podcast episodes so far are featuring either immigrants or people of color. For Filipino voices, we've interviewed somebody named Gio from Hella Points Bro. I think he was episode 13 or so. And he talks about how to get out of collections and how he's able to travel hack being a test subject for medical trials where he takes different prescription drugs for money and he's just a test subject. I'm like, you can get paid by doing that. And he's like, yeah, I get points for staying in the hotels too. So it's, it's a really cool story that nobody talks about. And then I interviewed, I think it's episode 20, a woman named Ruby and she is an immigrant from the Philippines. And she talks about how she became an authorized user and was able to build up her credit score that way. And so now she travels all over the world for free. One of my favorite Filipina travel hacker accounts who I haven't had on the podcast yet, but I definitely will. Her name's Marianne and her Instagram is just like this hidden treasure trove of next level hacks that are beyond even what I do. And she just types all these things out in her Instagram stories. And if you blink, you just, you miss a lot of the next level strategies that she shares. So it has definitely been so great getting to meet other Filipino people in the space too. And, um, you know, when we did our touch base, um, before I get into asking you about the advice and how to get started and the advice of how to get over kind of someone's insecurity into getting into travel hacking, can you, um, you had shared with me this term that um, I totally thought was so funny and I wanted you to elaborate on it. Can you tell us about the Filipino frugal flex? (laughs) Like, what is that? (laughs) So I did not make up this term. I first heard it from Hey Berna, who if anybody has not heard of Hey Berna, she's amazing. She's a Filipina financial hype woman, I think is the title that she's given herself. She's a personal finance creator. And the Filipino frugal flex really just describes how as Filipinas and Filipinos, we grow up with so many conflicting money narratives because 
first, you have to be really frugal because we don't have a lot of money, but also we're doing a lot better than everybody back home in the Philippines. And so we have to send back a balikbayan box with leftover soy sauce packets and last year's magazines to show that we have made it in America. And we have to show off on our Facebook that we have this Gucci purse, but also my mortgage money went towards that Gucci purse. And so you're going back and forth and it is a dizzying, dizzying pendulum of we have to eat rice and garlic salt because I spent our money looking fancy so that our aunties would think that we're fancy and and now we can't. And so she talks about this a lot on her Instagram channel and how to get out of that mindset of having to impress other people and going broke because of it and how it's it's very pervasive in the Filipino community. I bet a lot of people who are listening to this right now are just like, oh, we did that. We definitely spent money we did not have to look fancy for people who were going to judge us on Facebook. But the good news about travel hacking is that you get to do your frugal flex and win all of it at the same time. You get to look fancy and you get to not pay for your airplane ticket to the Philippines or your fancy hotel stay in Hawaii or wherever you want to go. And it's not going to screw your personal finances. It's actually, if you do this correctly, it's so good for your personal finances because... My credit score is over 800. If you set up your travel hacking the way that you're supposed to, where you're automatically paying off your credit card bill at the end of each month automatically, your credit score is going to go through the roof because your credit history is doing so good at that point. People think that opening a whole bunch of credit cards is really bad for your credit score, but there's this concept called credit utilization, which is the number, which is the amount of credit that you've used divided by the amount of credit that you have. And if you're opening up more credit cards, you have more credit. So that denominator gets bigger. Your total utilization ratio goes down. And that is good for your credit. There's there's so many misconceptions about how credit works. I think one time I heard a rumor that you should always just carry a balance so that they never close down your credit card. Never do that. Absolutely never, never do that. And so I think that also just by talking about here's how credit actually works and here's how you can game the system, it really empowers our community and a lot of other communities that haven't had access to this type of information to say, oh, that's how credit scores are actually calculated. And that's how I can get all the benefits without having to pay all of the high interest rates, which is how credit card companies can give out these types of lucrative travel benefits is they're banking on people to not be able to pay off their entire bill each month. But if you are really good with your personal finances and you can intuitively figure out how much you charge each month, then you are good to go and get your credit card statement paid off each month. You get all the points. You never have to pay interest. You have a high credit score and you get to frugal flex for your family. I feel like there's this, um, like not many people are educated. I'm talking about in like Filipino community. They're not that educated with their finances or their credit scores or how to manage their credit or any of their, uh, their money. Cause I have friends like they, they messed up their credit. Like as soon as they were 18, they got their first credit card. They thought they could buy a bunch of stuff and not pay it. And they don't really see the long term consequences of that until they get their credit card cut, until they can't get a, a loan for a car or a loan for a house. And, you know, 
I don't want to be ending end up paying for your food because it's happened to me a few times. Honestly, it sucks. Yeah, that I've heard that story multiple times, actually, from just trying to be on shows like this that are geared towards either Filipino or other immigrant communities where they're like, so the money that I paid towards interest went towards your free flights. And I'm like, all right, let's let's not look at it that way. Um, let's look. I really just want more people to know how credit cards actually work and so that you can also be on the receiving end of this system that did not have our community in mind at all when it was set up where it very much was set up to just prey on people who didn't understand how credit cards work where they'll go to community colleges or any universities and just say hey you're 18 sign up for this credit card pay for it later and then suddenly you're swimming in debt and you don't know how to get out because nobody ever told you how this is supposed to work if you get anything out of this, the way it's supposed to work is you should treat your credit cards like a debit card and pay it off automatically each month. You should not be afraid of credit cards because some people will just take the complete opposite route to you and say, like, I, I never want to get a credit card because bad things are going to happen. But they're a very, very lucrative tool if you know how to use them correctly. Yeah, just to um, uh, provide uh, some perspective on that, I can imagine like new immigrant settlers, right? They come to North America. They know that a lot of the systems is really based on um providing loans or whatever on if you have a credit history, right? And so um, a lot of them are not quite versed yet, well-versed yet with how things work. And so, uh, you know, they're told like, okay, you need to get a credit card without really knowing what to do with that when, when they get here. And then, yeah, that kind of that cyclical horror story happens where it's like they started something, they incurred debt, and then now they, you know, they, they find themselves in, in, um, in problems later on. And then um, with their kids also not knowing, you know, not uh, being financially literate as well and not learning that at home, that also becomes kind of a, another generational <laughs> like influence. And so that's why it's super important to really like do your research, really understand the depth of it and use credit to your advantage. That way you're able to reap the benefits, right? You're able to um, purchase a home, get a car and um, and also pay them off responsibly. And, um, and yeah, just really know how to understand the system rather than, oh, okay, I need to just open a card today or, oh, like this is what I need to do, but then not actually fully in understanding how to utilize it, right? So, yeah, um, I can only imagine how many other, you know, immigrants or, um, yeah, people who have just like new moved to Canada. I, I, I think of my relatives, <laughs> I think of uh, uh, friends of mine who have come here and they open up this credit card account and before you know it, it's like they had no full understanding of how it works and find themselves having to figure out kind of what to do and solution that. So with that, I want to segue with, um, I know we the main topic is travel hacking, but 
definitely this is all, you know, very much in line with uh, finance. For some advice for some people who got themselves into that hole, <laughs> do you have any quick tips? Um, I'm sure they obviously need to do more work and more research and look into it deeply. But uh, do you have any quick tips on where they can start and how to obviously remedy that? And um, yeah, any advice um, into how somebody can responsibly also build credit? I'm going to start with what not to do. Do not take the seemingly easy route and hire somebody to just erase stuff from your collections record or your credit record, because there are a lot of services that are like, oh, we can increase your credit score, I don't know, 250 points in 30 days. And what they do is they just contest every single thing you've ever been charged for, because if it's contested, then the credit bureaus will be like, oh, okay. So we'll just say you weren't charged for that for now um, as we research all of it. And then it looks like your credit score goes up, but then they actually research them and they're like, no, you bought all that. So we're going to put it back on your credit record and then your credit score is going to go back down. And then by then you'll, you'll never hear from those like quote credit repair people ever again. So do not do that. What you do need to do is educate yourself on how credit is actually calculated. So episode one of the GeoBreeze Travel podcast, I break this down for you because before anybody even tries to get into travel hacking, you should have a solid personal finance foundation. Episode 13, the one that I mentioned with the guy who is Filipino and he always likes to describe it as takes drugs for money. He's a medical test subject. <laughs> he was in, he found himself in collections and he walks through how he was able to get out of collections and is now able to travel the world for free, has has good credit and everything. Hey Berna has this free platform called Hella Helpful and they talk through all of this stuff all the time about okay, so you found yourself in twenty thousand dollars of consumer debt. What do you do now? And I would I would recommend those as some resources for if you find yourself in a bad spot with your credit score, start there. Don't start by just paying somebody to erase your credit because it's going to come back. Very sage advice. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm just curious. I know I, I didn't quite. Um, it just came to me. Have you ever noticed any type of like common attitudes about money when it comes to the Filipino community? It's either like they don't want to talk about it or there's always like a negative like connotation when it comes to bringing up, you know, finances um, in the Filipino community. Have you ever noticed any of that in kind of, you know, the conversations and the connections that you've had? Yeah, I have. So I'm going to preface this by saying I grew up in Blue Springs, Missouri, and it was 93% white when I was growing up. So we're going we're gonna to keep that over there. Um, but with a lot of my relatives, yeah, just talking about money subjects was very taboo, as I think it is in a lot of families where you're like, hey, how are we doing on the whole debt situation? No parent's going to tell their kids that. And I think there's also just a lot of gossip and chismes that goes on with Filipino families where they're like, oh, did you hear about like Auntie Maria? She bought this and she can't afford it. And there's always just this cloak and dagger about can they actually afford that and judging people's priorities of what they're doing with money of like, they went on a cruise. I bet they can't afford a cruise. Or 
also shame around any aspect of it. Like no matter what you do, there there's some way to shame it, whether it's I don't have a job. Well, that's shameful. Or, oh, I, I have this very high paying job. Well, then you don't have time to care for your kids. Or, oh, we bought this new thing. And it's like, oh, that was a waste of money. Oh, we didn't buy this new thing. Oh, well, you're super chippy Like, There's an excuse for everything. It never ends. <laughs> everything. Everything. Just, it, no matter what you do, there's a way, there's a way to criticize it around money. And I really want that to stop with really everybody, but also, especially in the Filipino community that we're in. And instead to just say, let's just lay out what our priorities are. And it's okay if our priorities are not the same as the next family over. If we want to take vacations, we can take vacations. And then if they would more so prioritize having a nice house because they don't like flying, that's fine. Everyone's going to have different priorities. It's just about approaching it a little bit more intentionally. The same with money and points and miles where some families like to just get as many free economy flights as they can in a year. And some people are like, I hate flying and I am not getting on a plane unless it is a lay flat seat in business class. And I'm going to take one flight every two years and get all the free champagne I can to get through this experience because I really don't like airplanes. That's fine. Like, both of those philosophies are fine. And I think there's just been a lot of shame and judgment around money or really anything. And it, it continues on in a lot of different circles. It happens in travel hacking too. And that's one of the things I'm trying to take down is the shaming of travel hacking of oh, how did you not know that you could have gotten a better award redemption by doing this? Or, oh, you still travel like a peasant because you were using your points for economy class instead of first class. And I just really want that to stop. So that's why on my podcast, I feature so many different stories about people who do use economy versus people who fly in luxury versus people who are digital nomads and just use their points and miles to constantly travel around the world. Or some people who save up for three years and then they took like a huge vacation and spent all of their points on one bucket list trip. And then they said, that's cool. We're going to, we're going to go home now and like save up for another three years before we try to do that again. And all of those are fine. So that was a very long winded answer to say in the Filipino community, there are a lot of money stories and a lot of them involve shame. And I want us to stop that. That goes back to like the that very toxic Filipino culture, like that mentality. It's like it's very draining, especially when it comes to money uh, for travel. I, I feel like especially for those who live back home, traveling is not like it's not on their bucket list, right? They just they're just trying to survive. So that's why they end up thinking that's why they end up shaming like travel hacking or, you know, downplaying people who go and take on these grandiose vacations or trips or spends they just downplay everything and it's it's very bad i don't like that yeah let's just be happy for each other if somebody was able to win and they were able to use travel hacking to their benefit to reward themselves however way whether it's a con you know through economy or luxury whatever right let's just be happy for one another uh, one another that's something that we also impart over in our show as well is that we need to support 
um, each other more, especially in our community. Uh, we need to support others that are trailblazers or pioneers or leaders like Julia in, the, in this space where it's very rare to find Filipinos, right? And really just respect each other <laughs> for whichever way they want to do things. And OJ totally hit it, you know, hit in the nail, that crab mentality with pulling each other down, not being happy for each other, um, seeing somebody succeed. Like there's always that like negative remark or there's always like some sort of criticism. And that just needs to change because it, like you said, it's draining, it's unhealthy. It doesn't do anything for our community and it doesn't do anything to represent us. So yeah, let's, let's really just be more inclusive and more supportive of each other. And, you know, and when it comes to talking about money, instead of shaming, if anything, we should actually help each other out, right? Like that's what Julia and many others have done, just like, hey, Berna, which is, you know, I want to help my community. I want to help fellow people of color. Like here are some of the tools that I've learned. Here are some of the tricks that others have taken advantage of. Let's help each other. Why shame one another when really we should really... Um, help each other gain the type of financial knowledge and financial literacy and education that one needs in order to succeed, in order to um, yeah achieve their goals and their dreams. So with that, do you have anything else to add, OJ, before we change it up here? Yeah, probably some like uh, some myth busters. Like, you know, <laughs> do you have any? Yeah. Like, yeah, like, like, is it true? Okay, okay, okay. I got a few. Something about like deleting all your cookies on on the internet to like book like a really cheap flight, and then you gotta do it like on a random Tuesday or Wednesday morning where no one's on the site, and then you get the cheapest one. You know what I mean? Is that? That's a myth. Break that. Break that down. <laughs> Short answer: That's a myth. Uh, <laughs> Certain things you might be able to find on incognito, but the Tuesday and Wednesday thing that has nothing to do with anything. If ever you're on a site that claims to be like, I know secret travel hacks, it's travel hacking Tuesday, book your flights on a Tuesday. That's that blogger is crap and you should not listen to that person. They do not know what they're talking about at all. And you should spend all of that mental energy of searching for flights on Tuesdays instead to just say, is my credit score good? Cool. Let's research some ways to just get this flight for free instead of trying to save $200 here or there. So if you do want a cheaper way to find flights, I like Scott's cheap flights and I like Skyscanner in order to find some cheap flight deals. But yeah, the the Tuesday, Wednesday thing. Oh, God. I, <laughs> not a survey, survey says that is a lie. <laughs> that one's a myth. Yeah, yeah, it's a myth. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I got a question. You know what's that? What's that trick called when, like, for example, you were drive, uh, you take a flight from Jersey to somewhere random. What's in the middle? Jersey to Vegas, but the flight, your flight itinerary, the ticket shows like Jersey to Vegas to LA, but you get off at Vegas. You know what? Is there? There's a term for that, right? Mm, yeah, I know what you're talking about. There is, I also cannot remember it right now, um, where it's cheaper to fly all the way to Los Angeles um, through Las Vegas rather than to just fly straight to Las Vegas. 
You can do that. If you are going to, there are certain things that you should keep in mind. Number one, never link your frequent flyer number to that to that flight because they're going to get mad at you and shut you down. Um, it's also going to suck for you if your flight gets rerouted where they're like, we'll still get you to Los Angeles, but now your flight goes through Denver instead of Las Vegas. That's going to be really hard for you to explain. And they're like, but it, it's still the same price and you're, it's still the same time. Like, what does it matter where the layover is? And you're like, oh, I was never intending to go all the way to LA. That's, that's going to be really awkward. Also, never check a bag if you're going to do this because they're going to fly that bag all the way to Los Angeles. So you can do that trick. There's just a lot of risks involved. So I've never... I've never personally done this trick just because, especially now with COVID, they keep rerouting flights all over the place. What else is left on your bucket list to travel to, you know, once things are all good to go for traveling? Yeah. What are some experiences or places that you still have on your list? I really like ancient civilizations. I feel like I've been to none of them. I want to go to Greece and I want to go to Rome and I want to go to Egypt. I really, really want to go to Egypt. So those are probably three of the places that are near the top of my list. But there's so many. I want to go to India. I want to go to Turkey. I want to go to South Africa. I want to go to Brazil. There's everywhere. I want to go pretty much everywhere. Do you have a first place in mind to go to as soon as it's a-okay to travel other than what's on your bucket list? Uh, well, we've had those tickets to Spain in business class booked and we've already had to move them because of COVID. So right now it's scheduled for the end of May. We'll see if the world is open by then. I might have to move it one more time, but that would be the first place that I want to go is back to Spain, but mostly to just sit in the business class seats. Those live, those, those live flat beds are amazing. Amazing. I love it. How about you? I think you have a you have a spot that you want to go to once this is all over. Well, we had a Europe trip planned. We were going to go to France, Italy, and we already had an itinerary set up in Nokin. And I was like, oh, great. Like we just had to, um, yeah, cancel our trip. Um, and it was going to be May uh, of last year. So by March, kind of everybody um, went into stay at home orders or lockdown or quarantine. And at that point, you know, we just had to cancel our trip. And and then we were hoping to <laughs> we we're hoping to travel later in the year, but again, we're still here a year later, folks. <laughs> Anyways, um, before we close off, um, please tell our listeners where they can find you, um, how they can check out your content, and yeah, share any last you know last notes, tips, and tricks. Yeah. So you can find me mostly on Instagram at GeoBreeze Travel. Also, you can check out my podcast. Just search on Apple or Spotify or anywhere. It's the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. And we host monthly meetups every month to go a little bit deeper into some of the hacks that are diff difficult to find on just by Googling. So I host one of those. If you want some personalized help, I offer free 30-minute coaching calls where you can just set up some time with me to be like, what is going on? How do I get started with this? And those are free. I always just like getting people's thoughts about what their questions are for travel hacking. It really helps me to create content as well. And 
of course, going back to that free email upgrade template. So you can get some pretty sweet upgrades at hotels. You can find that at geobreezetravel.com slash Filipino Fridays. Wonderful. Thank you so much for guesting on our show. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Julia, for that very informative episode. Guys, uh, I thought I was a veteran in this travel game. I'm just a rookie. I'm just a rookie. I didn't know my stuff. I, I knew a little bit about it, but now I know a lot more. Um, we did dive a lot into personal finance and credit and debt and how to pay that off, increase credit score. Guys, that's really, that's important, man. You know, especially for uh, young Filipinos the, that are moving to, to Canada or the States, you got to understand what it means to hold a credit card, how to use credit and how to deal with your debt. Yeah. And um, and also it is always amazing that there is a voice, a Filipino voice that is represented in terms of business, uh, personal finance, um, even in travel. It's very hard to find a public figure that we can look up to that could speak to the Filipino experience. So very grateful for Julia for being able to, you know, represent the Filipinos and underrepresented communities all over. And uh, thank you for jumping on our show. Yeah, she she was really awesome. Um, I never thought that being a travel, a travel hacker was like a real like, like a title. I know there's travel hacks, but a travel an actual travel hacker as a title. I, I didn't know that was a thing. And I didn't know there was a community for that. Hmm, I wonder why you didn't know, eh? Because who are the people who only talk about that and whose medium and which communities and which platforms is that only exposed to? I mean, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Sounds about white. Sounds about white. Sounds about white, (laughs) y'all. That's exactly what Julia found. <laughs> is the same white folks who talk about their wonderful experience of going going to Puerto Rico with their entire family. How about us, y'all? How about us? Right. So that's why you got Julia talking about that. Let's quickly recap her her tips, right? Mm-hmm. Like so for travel hacking, it's about collecting the points. Yeah, points and miles. Right? Um, mm-hmm. Points and miles. Using to your benefit. Every, so yeah, so be a member of whatever alliance or membership partnership the that airlines is collect enough points you could upgrade to business class mm-hmm. and for those who haven't traveled business class it's it's fire it's worth it mm-hmm. um number two she talked about paying off your entire credit so when you get your statement every month pay that off in full yes folks in full Mm-hmm. In full, in full. If you have to use, a, you have to go in your overdraft. I don't care. You better go pay that in full. You better pay it in full because it, it, you'll reap the benefits in the future when you decide to buy a house. Mm-hmm. Decide to buy. You want a loan. You want a loan for a business. A car. It'll, yeah. it'll save you. It'll save you. Right. Mm-hmm. Number three, them, uh, the the myths. You don't have to clear your cookies, or go mm-hmm. on a random Tuesday morning or <laughs> Thursday afternoon to get cheap flights. I think there's just like a a set mm-hmm. algorithm. Just choose the right season. Uh, do it in between. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'll give my tip. When the semester starts in January, it's right after the semester, your, your college semester. Mm. So if your college semester starts first week of January, the second week of January mm-hmm. is uh, it's cheap. Summertime is always expensive. To the Philippines, you have to go random. You have to go random, man. You, summertime, 
It was a good time. I would say like random was like eight March to like October. Yeah. Would be like the best time to get cheap flights to the Philippines, no? Oh, I don't know. I feel like it's expensive all the time, <laughs> personally speaking. But uh, I traveled there for the first time um, on February and March. And just the, um, the season there was the first time I experienced. It was just so breezy and so comfortable. Um, you know, summertime, it's the peak of the sun and the heat, guys. Hella hot. And typhoon season, it's cheap. Uh, that's around September, you know, September, October, but you are going to run into storm season. And if you're not afraid of some tropical storms or tropical rain, then, you know, you're good to go. It's very comfortable, but um, yeah, definitely try your best to travel in the Philippines one day and just really experience all seasons if you could. <laughs> uh, don't forget to check out the links that Julia has provided. That way you can, um, yeah, use it to your benefit and hack your way through traveling make sure you follow her podcast too exactly geo breeze travel if you don't follow already make sure you check out her podcast so thank you so much for joining us on the show julia we appreciate you coming on um and also guys you can find us on insta at filipino fridays podcast you can also find us on kumu at filipino fridays and of course we always invite you to send us some comments send us a feedback send us concerns questions we love to hear from you please email us at contact at filipino fridays.com thank you to potato corner bc for continuing to support filipino fridays and also where are we every monday at 11 a.m or CITR 101.9 at 11 a.m. in the mornings. You also catch us up on uh, Filipino time <laughs> if you can't catch us up on Fridays. That's right. And with that said, OJ. We are the Filipino Fridays podcast logging out. I am your host, OJ, with my co-hosts. Archie, hey. It's Archie, uh, y'all. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Let's get it.